from the day 150, which is kind of a nice round number. And uh, shaped by the word season two, the drama of scripture. I'm Paul Camp here with uh, David Keefe and Katie Kresge and Matt Kresge as we continue uh, through 1 Samuel. And uh, the last few chapters have been deeply enriching and deeply revealing. Uh, we see our tendency sometimes to want to appear more spiritual and appear like we have our act together and have the appearance of, uh, of godliness, but not live in the power of that godliness. And we understand that that, that never impresses God, probably doesn't impress anybody, you know, the more that you speak of it. Uh, we come to, uh, you know, chapter 17, and this is probably one of the first stories from Scripture that you've ever heard, the story of David and Goliath and the five smooth stones. Uh, there's probably more to this story than we uh, added, you know, than we've ever imagined uh, in the vision that it gives us of uh, of a people who are cowering in fear and desperately need a rescuer and the kind of rescuer that God has chosen for us. So we come to First Samuel chapter 17. Uh, before we uh, read, uh, Katie, do you mind lifting us up and offering this moment uh, to the Lord? Sure. Father, um, we come before you um, just remembering that you are a sovereign God who is um, in control and deeply loves your children. And, um, and so we ask that you would humble us as we come to your word together. Um, God, that you would speak to us and continue to reveal your heart to us, Lord, um, because we know that when we are before you, um, that we have no other choice but to be humbled and, and to worship um, and to be changed in that moment. So would you would you change us, Holy Spirit? Um, and God, would you use this time um, to, to meet with us? And would you still our hearts? Um, many of us are probably busy doing something else as we listen to this so would you still our hearts and minds um, so that we can focus on what you have for us today it's in christ's name we pray amen uh, katie your vision of people doing something else while they listen to this <laughs> uh, certainly people stop dead in their tracks when they're here yeah. welcome to day 150 of shaped by the word <laughs> and devote themselves completely to it so if you are in your car washing dishes or uh doing laundry, uh, doing laundry uh, Stop. Here it is. <laughs> Stop <laughs> <Yeah>. right now. <laughs> Stop dead in your tracks. Fall flat on your face. <laughs> the word of the no, Lord. we're we're glad to accompany you through the activities of your day. First mm-hmm. Samuel seventeen. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Sakkah and Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Damim uh, between Sakkah and Ezekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle lines to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. A champion named uh, Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits in a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels on his legs. He wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. The spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. The shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why don't you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and are not you servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. 
If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now David was a son of an Ephrathite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time he was very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. The firstborn was Eliab, secondborn Amminadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest. The three oldest uh, followed Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For forty days the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, Take this ephah of roasted grain and take these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commanders of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Eli fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle line, and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they fled from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, Do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills a Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him uh, what they had been saying and told him, This is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and said, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You've come down only to watch this battle. Now what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? He then turned away uh, to someone else and brought up the same matter. And the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. I hate having to stop there. Done, <laughs> done, done. We, we must pause. Uh, we're shooting for about you know 30 verses a day uh, you know, as, as we read, and so we stop right there in, in that moment. And so we find David going back and forth you know, to the battle lines. So obviously there's been a standoff for you know, quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've run out of supplies. They've run out of food. Uh, you know, uh, Jesse is beginning to worry about his sons, and so he sends them with a uh, Ten loaves of bread and ten cheeses, and uh, <laughs> they leave those few sheep you know, with a with a shepherd, and David finds his way to camp. And, and certainly, David is drawn into the whole thing with you know a whole sense of curiosity. You have to like it. Said, okay, tell me one more time. What, what do you get when you wipe this guy out? And uh, so you hear you hear that a couple of times. And even though Eliab says you evil guy, you're just here to watch the battle. David moves on to the next guy. Says, Tell me one more time. What do you get? <laughs> it, uh, it makes me think. Of I'm not sure how attractive the king's daughter was at this time, or, <laughs> yeah. or what was motivating. Like, I don't know. Man. Yeah. It just makes me think of like what we're like when we're teenagers, and we feel like we're immortal. I wonder if that was 
part partially what David felt. Obviously, he emphasizes that it's that these Philistines are coming against the Lord, the living God. So I don't want to downplay that, but I do just think about how, like, when we're older, we feel our mortality a little more, and we are a little more hesitant to put ourselves in danger. But I feel like a young yeah. No, obviously, you know, as as you know, we. Uh, we look for leaders in the church. We look for people who are called uh, Presbyterios or graybeards, you know, people who have been around, you know, for a little while. Uh, but there is something admirable, you know, as a as a guy who's gone through all the phases of ministry, where I've you know worked uh, you know, with teenagers and worked with adults. There, there's something about the enthusiasm of, of teenagers' naivety, naivete, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but also deep enthusiasm and, and devotion for the Lord. And, right. and and there is a sense, you know, when the, when you know a teenager or a young person, you know, comes to the Lord, they they do have this sense of you know nothing is impossible, mm-hmm. you know, for someone who's following the Lord and. and Crazily, or using one of David's words hey. there from two episodes <laughs> early, absurdly, You're welcome. along the way, as we you know we we do that, we become more, uh, more and more less attuned, you know, to what is possible, uh-huh. you know, with the Lord. So there is certainly an enthusiasm here, but also what uh, the writer of Samuel wants us to hear is the spirit of the Lord came mightily on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he is uh, reacting in response to the spirit of the Lord. And I guess there's always an Eliab too, right? Who's just kind of like, "Oh my gosh, your enthusiasm, right?" Like, and he just goes after David. You well, know? How, how embarrassing would it have been? How embarrassing would it have been, you know, for Samuel to come in, in into your home, and, and for you to be, you know, kind of an impressive older brother? Certainly caught the eye, you know, of Samuel. Around and I said, "That that's got to be him." Whenever he saw Eliab, and, and then he moves all the way down through the brothers and makes that little bratty guy you know that's out there watching the sheep says this is who god has chosen and i i'm sure david was a good guy but i'm sure that kind of went to his head just a little bit and you see some of the brashness you know here involved as well Mm -hmm. but isn't that ironic that he says i know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is but David's known to be a man after God's own heart and that God chose him because of his heart. So like, I feel like an interpretation of a brother might not necessarily be accurate because he's got his own kind of feelings going on and his own, I don't know. It's just ironic to me. No, there, there, there is a sense of irony. Yeah. You know, God has, has deemed his heart and his character in one direction. Love is the older brother has deemed his heart and character in another you know direction. Mm-hmm. Certainly, there's there's a sense of, of of jealousy and lacking of you know taking you know his younger brother serious, you know here in the moment as yeah. well. I love the the image of of David as the shepherd who continues to take care of his sheep. I know I mentioned it yesterday, where it mentions you know he's yeah you got ahead of us, man. He's taking care of the sheep. But usually, Katie does that for know. us, but uh, it's a Kresge thing. Yeah, we just you know several times in this. This passage it talks about him going, even going back and forth from Saul. I mean, fulfilling his duties to to Saul, and then going back to take care of the father's sheep. You know, when he leaves, he entrusts the sheep to another, and you know, to take care of them. And and just we're going to see again in the coming story. You know, shepherds who are are not faithful shepherds. I mean, in fact, God's going to tell, call out the people. You know, y'all are wicked, well, wicked shepherds. You know, and and yet. Pointing us to this faithful shepherd. And of course, who will uh, Matt is now way ahead of us. Way ahead. Into the prophets. Crazily ahead yeah. of us. But he even, even the, just watching, I mean, even watching and thinking about David being this this future king, or really kind of the anointed king of, of Israel, 
he's he's a faithful shepherd to just a few sheep mm-hmm. and 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 then seeing that characterization of you know, a, a good shepherd and, and and one who will care for God's people and ultimately we're, we're kind of longing for when will a king who is a good shepherd come again and, and we see it in the person of Jesus you know where he, he says I am the good shepherd mm-hmm. uh, and so I just love I mean we're seeing David you know, leaving the flock in the care of another, taking care of the sheep, going back. Even his brothers are like, oh, well, what did you do with the few sheep you have? You know, and and, and well, just that characterization. And then also, yes, he is, he's taking care of his sheep back home, and then he ends up being, spoiler alert, the one who is able <laughs> to take care of this Israelite army. Now we don't it's, have anything else to talk it's about. So hard to build, it's so hard to build tension and story and drama. <laughs> You know, with the Kresge's, they get the 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 (laughs) We'll see. We'll find out tomorrow. And we'll come back, you know, tomorrow and and, and see that. I'm surprised Uh, we talk about the taxes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's the only reason they don't have to pay taxes. Most of that, yeah, a lot of people I know are attracted, you know, solely to that. Forget forget that. Yeah, forget that. Uh, Forget the daughter. We just don't want to pay taxes. There is also, you'll notice, you know, a a differentiation in the way that uh, Goliath sees, and of course, what an incredible, you know, yeah. six cubics, nine feet, you know, nine feet tall, and when they talk about, you know, the weight of his armor, my goodness, mm-hmm. his armor bearer must have been Arnold Schwarzenegger, right. you know, at this point, you know, just to carry the armor into battle and to be you know, part of that so deeply impressive person. Of course, when Israel came into the land, they said, uh, are not, you know, the, and Lakites, you know, part of you know part of that country. They to us we appear as grasshoppers. This really would be that. Mm-hmm. And David would appear as a grasshopper, you know, in 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 front of the skies they go into battle. But uh, Goliath refers to uh, Israel as servants of Saul, mm-hmm. and David says, "No, this is the army of God." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, that is a big difference in the way that they 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 see themselves yep. in that. Uh, David. Uh, why don't you, as we wonder what will happen from here, yes. who, who, who will go out and, and who will fight? Will they be victorious or will they, will they not? Stay tuned. Now let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Um, we do thank you so much for David um, and his, his identity so much uh, of a shepherd who, who cares um, for the sheep. And we know how that image is carried out all throughout scripture, um, even as the shepherd goes and fights for the people on their behalf. Um, we see so much of Jesus here in chapter 17. We just ask you to help our hearts to to be reawakened, to be renewed and restored in, in the beauty of the story of Scripture, mm-hmm. um, and that we wouldn't just see it as some moral implications for our lives, but so much more we would see uh, the beauty of what's unfolding here and how all of this points us to Jesus, our true shepherd, our true king, the one who who did fight on our behalf. And so we pray this all in his great name. Amen.